still on a high after what was potentially, I think, no, 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 not potentially, hands down, the greatest grappling event I've ever been to. I'm coming back, man. I had, a, I had a harsh come down after it was over. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> that was crazy. But watching all the matches over again, going through some of the stats, what a wild event, huh? That's the best part, isn't it? You get to relive all those moments, the ones that maybe you missed because there's so much happening. You get to rewatch all those matches, right? Yeah, that's I w- what it w- Sorry, go. Yeah, I went. Uh, that's what I spent the last two days doing because when we're there, we're focusing on one mat, right? Yeah, exactly. And then you hear the crowd go crazy, and you look over, and these guys are doing something. And then so I spent the last two days just going on arena and just rewatching everything that I missed. It's yeah, so hard to keep track. You feel like you miss one mat here, and then you go over to this, this mat, and then you miss the mat you just left, and it's like, oh my god. All I can say is. Thank Thank goodness for Arena because that is awesome. Arena.flowgrappling.com. It's where all the brackets for ADCC are. You can go back and you can look at every single bracket for every division and you can see how they played out. And every match on that bracket has a link to go through and to watch the video. So it not only tells you exactly who won and how, but it also has even like the points at the timestamps of when they were scored as well, which makes it really good for going back and kind of seeing how those matches actually, what they look like, right? Well, we can play this little highlight that we got. Uh, Roll it. Long, too. Um, so you can see some of the action that you, that you missed out there. Oh, yeah, it's a wholesome moment here. It's a big tournament, man. You know, and, and this one is different. You know, the production quality of this was just roaring and like out of the triggers world, that right? Look at that. Like, like you've got smoke. You've got drummers. Very happy on the It's for you guys, this. So take this as a lesson. Keep training, keep riding, keep believing, and you will watch it. People's champ, yeah, right yeah, there, yeah, yeah. superstar, stole the weekend, man. He really did, yeah. right, man. Like what a what a guy. Like let's just let's just remind people, right? We we were talking about this in the office right yesterday. We we're looking back through the the years of ADCC results, and Lachlan Giles, seventy-seven kilogram guy, goes in, taps his way through to a third place finish in the absolute division, and he was the lightest guy to make it to the absolute podium since two thousand seven. That is Marcelo Garcia. Yeah. Another legend, uh, Marcelo Garcia. That's pretty yeah. good company. Back, yeah. 2007, Giles actually, and Marcelo Garcia. You know what's interesting is there were 277 guys on the podium in 2007. It was actually, it was, it was Marcelo Garcia took second and Andre Galvao, who was 77 those back then, he took third. That's, it's, that's wild. It's insane so. that Galvao was 77 back then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's definitely true. hard yeah. to imagine. His, his, <laughs> trap, his traps are like 50 pounds now. Did you <laughs> And speaking of Galvao, man, I, I, you know what? We're jumping around yeah, here. Let's, let's talk dial about it in. Let's talk let's about dial it for in. a second then. Because, man, I think we got to spend just a minute. I mean, you know, a lot of big storylines coming out of of this tournament. Of course, Gordon Ryan, um, you know, but I feel like none have to be bigger than, than the story of, of Lachlan Giles. He stole the show. He absolutely stole the show. He, he you know, it's what jiu-jitsu is made of. It's like why we watch ADCC. You know, it was all the things that, uh, that you know, you love about this sport and you love about this tournament wrapped up into into one clean storyline for all of us to digest it was just an incredible incredible performance we have got a good question here actually in the live chat okay putting you guys on the spot what do you think was the biggest surprise blue oh. belt nick rodriguez making it through to the finals mm. or lachlan giles tapping out three of the physically most imposing competitors in the it's game lachlan, lachlan hands down i mean gotta be right we've seen a lot of i think it's the craziest thing i've seen in a jiu-jitsu tournament or a grappling tournament in general like We've seen a lot of upsets, right? You've never seen someone do that three times in the same bracket, like in that mm-hmm. in that fashion. We can roll a couple clips of Lachlan too, wins while, while too. we're yeah. talking. Yeah, here, I mean, maybe. submission wins. He's not eking out points wins. He's Against finishing his beats. He, t- he tapped the ninety-nine kilogram champ in the first round, right? And then he taps Gaugio and Ali, who are who are both fifty pounds heavier than them, monsters, you know, superstars in the, in the grappling world. And the crazy thing is, is every after Kynan. Everybody knew what was coming, right? The entire arena is watching, thinking, is he going to get a 50-50 heel hook? And he works his way there. All right. So, yeah, I got a little story about what happened. And, and here is that yeah, first heel hook. Bit. Lachlan versus Kynan. Oh, this look is at the that. First round. Man, I no, mean that- nobody was pick- picking this, right? Surgi- no, nobody. You'd, surgically precise. You'd have well. to be crazy to have picked that. I mean, 
You look, look at, at the that crowd going wild, like they loved it. Yeah, yeah. You look at that bracket. It's like okay, this is an easy one for Kynan. 99 exactly. kilogram champ versus a guy who went 0-1 at 77. But So I got a little story about this because uh, while you guys were running around with cameras and stuff, I was doing commentary all weekend. And luckily, kind of like during a couple of matches when they all went down to one mat, I was able to kind of take break and kind of actually watch for a little while rather than just call the action. And I was sat over on the side of the one mat and uh, and Patrick Gaudio. Yeah, here's luck. Oh, oh there's the Ali luck. tap yeah. versus Ali. And this was the bronze medal match in the absolute. So, so this is, you're talking right after this match. Gaudio, so, Gaudio yeah. was the nastiest one. I'm going to go back a little bit because it was Gaudio went in okay. and Gaudio lost to Lachlan Giles. And then he came out and man, his knee was messed up. He had like ice on his knee. His ankle was popped. He, he actually was sat there and he was, he asked me to translate with him to the, with the medic as well. And he was explaining to the medic. He couldn't feel his knee. He couldn't feel his foot. Right? Yeah, he ice on like, both on his foot and his yeah. knee. And uh, and he was mad, man. He was furious. You know, just the fact that he got caught and stuff, you know, he's a little guy. So Gojo sat there and, and he's been training with Ali at Fight Sports in, in Miami, right? And those guys, you know, Ali is like, okay, he's going to go through into the bronze medal match after losing Bouchesha. And they're talking to each other. And, you know, <laughs> it's kind of clear because Gojo's like mad and Ali's like got his game face on. And he's like, don't worry, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to smash this guy and stuff. And then, like, Gojo's like, yeah, you better, you know. So he goes out there, gets tapped in, like, a minute. And then, like, you know, brutal heel hook, comes back. And there's this moment where Gojo and Muhammad, they both sat there with the medics attending to them. Both put ice on their knees at exactly the same moment. Just commiserating together. And, and they're both, like, their faces are just dark and full of thunder. And they just look at each other and they just go... <laughs> and they just start laughing because of the ridiculousness, the absurdity of it. It's, it was insane. It's one of the one of the funniest moments of the entire tournament. An instant ADCC legend, that Lachlan Giles man. Who could forget that? He right? told me in that post uh, tournament uh, interview that he was hoping to just earn an invite back by entering the absolute. He said, "Hey, they told me if I do the absolute, I'm more likely to be invited back." I mean. I think he he's earned it. Yeah. They better invite him back, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, he's guaranteed now, but yeah, he's like, yeah. I was just hoping to go out there and look good, and then they'd invite me back next time. Well, well hopefully as well. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully as well, he gets a better seed as well, because he came into the 77 kilogram mm. division. This is actually Lachlan's third ADCC appearance, because he's won the trials a bunch of times, right? And, uh, and he had a rough draw. He had Lucas Lepre first round, but it wasn't just because of the seeding. It's, if the rumor is correct, he actually asked for Lucas first round. Yeah, Lucas hit one of the slickest back takes of the whole tournament on him too that was beautiful yeah yeah. I feel like we're talking a lot about um, wrestling versus jujitsu and stuff like that coming out of this tournament right And but I mean I think Lachlan just proved how effective you know technical jujitsu is you're never gonna see like a um, you know a, a lighter guy like a Dayton Fix or whatever go up and wrestle a Kyle Snyder and beat a Kyle Snyder it's just not gonna happen you know yeah. but in jujitsu you know the technique really does uh, bridge those gaps. Technique like, conquers everything. Right? Yeah. He had, I know the other thing about that, that moment with Gaudio and Ali as well that was hilarious was that, I mean, the, 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 the post-event stuff about when, uh, like, Gaudio posts on his Instagram is like a photo of him, Kain, oh, yeah. And, yeah. and Ali together. And there's, like, sending a little hug to Australia. <laughs> and then, like, Incredible. Ali is saying that, oh, man, like, tagging Patrick, like, we need to buy this guy's DVD. It's like, <laughs> That's awesome. It's great sportsmanship. <laughs> it really Lachlan is. Had, right? Lachlan had JT first in 2017, too. So he's had, he's had some really bad seeds. So right. he had yeah. Durino first round 2015. Yeah, he's had oh, wow. nothing like but a bottom seed. No respect for the uh, Oceania travel winner. <laughs> let's, let's, but, let's talk about that absolute division though, because there are so many submissions in that bracket. The most out of any other bracket, there are 12. I want to say, if I remember that correctly. Why? I'm, I'm racking my brains here. Why? Was it seven of the eight first round matches? Seven of the eight first. Yeah, seven matches out of the eight first rounds were finishes, and so you're sitting there. Watching, it was all leg locks right off the bat. Boom, yeah. boom, boom. Yeah, the most heel hooks came from that division. And then Sprague's got a guillotine in the first round there too. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. One of the most savage guillotines of the tournament. Tex got a say. foot lock. Yeah. Sprague's got a, a guillotine. I want to say probably all the other first round subs were heel hooks, right? Yeah, and it, Gary on Edwin. Heel, I mean. Uh, ankle lock. Oh, such a brutal thing. My check. guess for why there were so many is that these guys were pretty pretty dialed in in their own divisions, doing a lot of homework, a lot of studying, and they didn't probably think to watch a whole lot of other tape or do any other study. And they, got, they just got a look they weren't used to and got caught. But 
I don't know what else is going on. But yeah. Leg locks weren't really a dominant theme up until that point. Yeah, up until that point at all. Yeah, you didn't see him at all. That's why I talked about in the video I did with Reed that me and Sean Williams, right before the absolute, were talking like in the little intermission, like, hey, man, not that many leg locks this year. Like a lot of you know other stuff, guillotines or whatever. And then I ate my words when when it comes out of the absolute, and it's like five heel hooks in the first round. <laughs> yeah. I feel like um, you know you, the, it's called the absolute division, right? But you could almost call it like the redemption division. Mm, I feel oh like yeah. you know that's like that is these guys. Lachlan is a, is a perfect example. You know, I, I mean, when I went back there and I saw Muhammad Ali warming up, he was he was like, man, I went out first round. This yeah. is my shot. I saw Keith Krikorian warming up yeah. back there, taking it very seriously. You know, and and these guys were. You know, like like Lachlan said, you know they're trying to impress people, mm-hmm. and this and and they had a disappointing showing the first day, and that second day, this is the day to you know to seize the day, right? They had nothing to lose. These guys were gonna yeah. g- just gonna go out there, boss to the wall, and um, and they did. And I think that's probably maybe why you saw some of those submissions too. It's that's a long two years for that's the next exactly ADCC. right. You only get one shot. That's something cool that ADCC does because most absolute divisions that you see is only guys who make the podium. Right. ADCC like half the guys are guys who went out first round that mm-hmm. let get another shot. Like if if it was only podium guys, Lachlan wouldn't be there, right? Yeah. And then you get Lachlan goes out there zero and one. I mean, great move by him. He could have went home zero and one. He's a little guy. He did the absolute. Now he's a legend and he's just selling out i think more than he does in his weight class you know he's going out there he's like i got kind of what can i what do i got to lose it's like being the ultimate wild card yeah yeah. right you know you get that shot you can go in and you're looking at the bracket as well i think the bracket was really interesting because there were only two champions actually in the the absolute division and that was gordon and kynan of course gordon we we saw he just was on cruise control for the entire weekend right he just walked through it and stuff but uh you look at kynan I mean, nobody would have imagined that Kainun, after that incredible performance of beating Yuri Samoyes, of beating uh, Bouchesha, yeah. and then beating the, 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 the wild horse himself, you know, this animal Nick Rodriguez. <laughs> <laughs> he tamed the bucking bronco, right? Yeah. And then tapped <laughs> in three minutes. Tapped in three minutes by Lachlan. Yeah, there After you go. That, yeah. Like j- out first rounds, shocker. And th- this is after Kainan had already showed in previous events, like Kasai and so on, that he, it's like heel hooks are not a mystery to him, right? Mm. Well, I mean, I, he hit that beautiful back take on Craig Jones at Kasai Pro earlier this year. Right. That was like you know the the kind of heel hook, the defense that Felipe had shown against Gordon a few years ago. So for him to get tapped by a guy who he outweighed by twenty five kilos or something, that's crazy. I think looking at when I was rewatching Lachlan's leg locks. Like, you, you see how scared guys are of Gordon, right? When mm-hmm. Gordon gets on the leg. They, I don't think at first they weren't respecting Lachlan being in there on their legs as much. It's like, when, when Gordon starts going Especially for it. Especially with the size difference. Yeah, the yeah. size difference. I mean, they, I mean, they might not even know much about Lachlan. When, when Gordon gets in on there, they run for their lives. They try and get out of there immediately. They seemed to, like, kind of seemed a little bit more comfortable in there with Lachlan, and then, you know. It was over. Yeah. So, met moral of the story, don't get into a leg lock shootout with yeah, Lachlan Giles. Real. Yeah. Yeah. Any Australian. Don't get in a leg lock shootout with any Australian. Australia. You know, I mentioned this. How sorry, about, go ahead. We should play this real quick. How about this one? Before we move on from the Absolute Division, um, one of my favorite clips from the Absolute Division is this Air, uh, Gary versus Edwin. How vicious. Um, flying heel hook we got right here. Look at this one. Oh, Kenny uh, Basami. You know, oh, I think Edwin was ready to sell out as well, but, but uh, he just... He got the raw end of the stick. Man, you know? it's a clever counter to Edwin's stand-up style, right? Edwin doesn't wrestle like normal people. He stands up straight and baits the shot. Yeah, he wants you to shoot yeah, in, yeah. right? He Gary, wants to go for man, that Darce choke, but yeah. Gary said, "I'll just do this instead." Gary was on point. I feel like we could talk about Gary all day, but his his, his stuff he was firing off was just hitting this week. His well, takedowns, his submissions. For me, that that right there, that that that. Kani Basami into the into the flying heel hook and stuff. Obviously, it's the it's kind of the Kani Basami. Kani Basami. Kani Basami. Japanese for that's flying legs. He doesn't know what yeah. that means. Delicious snack. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I just repeat what Sean Williams told me. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, I mean, that that was like the grappling equivalent of a one punch knockout, yeah. right? It was just like walking out there and How getting cold blocked. It was like 15 seconds. eighteen seconds. It was, yeah. Officially, it was recorded as eighteen, yeah. but I mean, I was there and I counted on the clock, and it was like fourteen and a half seconds. It was just like straight out there. Bang, done. But um, Gary, Gary came back history. after a two-year layoff from from grappling tournament. You know, he's been think- focused on MMA, MMA the entire time, and there is no exaggeration to say that he had a career best performance. Looked better than ever for sure. Right? This is his fourth time he's never made the podium until now. Took the bronze, and he looked great. 
It's so fun. Do you remember remember in 2017, Chase? I feel like there was just like a, a renewed focus from Gary, too. Do mm. you remember the, the, the Wagner-Gary match? Oh, he didn't really care. It was, a little, it was yeah. a little playful, right? And that was the bronze medal match. Yeah, it was, but this time it felt like he wasn't <laughs> playing around with any of these guys. He had like a renewed focus. I felt that was the case all weekend. Like, you know, like we saw Gary and, of course, he was all dressed up as usual. He loves the outlandish costumes and stuff. But Gary's a happy, happy-go-lucky happy kind of guy, right? And, you know, he's, he's always playing around and joking and stuff. Even bumping into him in the hotel and at the weigh-ins and stuff, there was no messing. He was really kind of, like, subdued, quiet, serious. That's not the Gary Tonin we're used to seeing, right? I just think, you know, Gary, Gary's so open with this game that we were talking about this before ADC, like, could he be affected by not doing pure grappling and doing strictly MMA? But I think we all agreed that the fact that he's just creative and, and just doing unusual things, it, it would actually be almost benefit him to be away. And I think it showed, like, his, his wrestling was phenomenal. The best wrestling, I think, at the tournament. And, uh, JT, um, I would say yeah, JT. I don't know about that. Uh, yeah, true, true. JT, yeah. JT did sure take wrestling, JT did take Gary down too. Yeah, that's but, true. All yeah. right, fine. I, I, but I know yeah. what you're saying. It was very impressive. It was just good. fun. Yeah, like, it was. Gary's so fun to Gary's watch. Fun. He's an entertainer. Oh, oh, I think if you, you made a, think? if you made a top ten most exciting matches from from the weekend, all of, of Ga- all of Gary's <laughs> matches are probably going to be in there. Yeah. Well, what was the 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 most exciting one that everybody's talking about was him versus Hanato Canuto. Are you guys in agreement that that was the wildest match? Yeah, there were some wild matches though. Uh, wild mean, is there wild matches. That was the yeah. most exciting zero zero match in the history of grappling for sure. It was, it was insane how many times they were close to getting something, and they're both like a spring. They're just bouncing back exactly. out of it. Yeah, yeah. And then it, it got so deep in the match that they were just like try something, yeah, and they, they were just both just like trying things and just kind of like letting each other like be offensive because it was just like crazy scrambles, like one after the other. It was, was like watching was cats hype. fighting. That was it hype. was just like just this ball, like a cartoon ball, like rolling around the mat. The Kanato's Gary's dark twin. They're they're very right? different the in the way they twin. execute moves, but they have the same sort of approach, I believe. How we bad do you want to see them? Back. How bad do you want to see them run that for a rubber match? Now they're one and one against each other. Man, that's that's an, I'll watch that anywhere. We need a super fight of those two. Right. I know Gary said he wants it. And I think I'm sure Hanato does too. At this yeah, point, yeah, Hanato wants it. Yeah. Anytime those two guys fight, you know, we uh, make sure there's a camera. Got a question right actually here. in the comments right here is that who had the fastest submission? Was it Gary or was it Tex? It was Gary. Gary. It was uh, definitely Gary. I think Texas submission was around about thirty seconds. It was okay. actually John Blank there in the yeah, like twenty something. But uh, twenty seven uh, for Tex. Twenty seven seconds for Tex for the yeah. straight foot and lock then against Kine John. Had a fifty Blank. second submission. So, so oh, his couple, first round. First couple round. sub one minute sum- submissions <clears throat> this time around. Jeez. I'm gonna gonna go around the table. And I'm gonna ask you guys then. So, the most memorable, most exciting, the, 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 just the standout match for you. At ADCC 2019, regardless of division, absolute weight division, whatever. Chase, kick us off. Whew, thank goodness. Didn't, <laughs> didn't start with me. Give you time. My mind's pick. reeling, and I, I'm gonna pick one that that might be uh, a little bit off the radar because there were so many bombastic wild matches. But to me, when when Dante Leon took Lucas Lepre's back, my mouth was just my jaw yeah. was on the floor. Yeah. Right. That was the wildest thing because it's like, okay, Lepre's probably gonna win that match and be in, in prime position there to meet no Wagner in the semi. Yeah, no offense to Dante, he's had a great year, but Lucas Lepre's Lucas Lepre. And he took his back, man. Took his back and, and won that match. And I, with, with time left, I think he had three minutes on the back or something. He's on the back forever, yeah. Yeah, so that was just incredible to me and a, a huge testament to, to Dante's uh, incredible year. You know, he's, he's had a phenomenal uh, year with a lot of success in the no-gi department. He's poised for great things. So to me, that really stood out. I, was, I, I said that about Dante going into ADCC, that I felt that he had the kind of style that would work really well for ADCC because he's physically very, very strong. He's deceptively technical from bottom. He's got this great guard game and stuff, and uh, and he can wrestle up. And that's exactly how he scored mm. on Lucas. That's right? how other back takes were coming. When I went through and did watch other points yesterday, the, most of the back takes were coming up like coming up from a single leg from the guard or something, and then they're defending, and you're jumping on the back. There you go. I was wait, I was watching the Hanato Gary was at the same time as that one, and everybody was over watching that one. And then somebody, I think Gordon's like, "Oh man, Dante's about to beat Lucas," and everybody stands. You know, it was shocking to watch, look over and see him on, on his back. Mike, your most standout match from the uh, from the tournament. I'm not going to say match. I'm going to say division. Women's under sixty was just. It was a. Bu- <laughs> that it was, a, was pure fire. It was a buzz. So I mean, first Fion, I mean, Bia Mesquita has always stomped Fion. She's always beat her up. She had her number, right? And Fion comes out and breaks. I mean, I. I didn't even get to see these matches live. I was working backstage interviewing, and it was just like I was just hearing the crowd roar, and then like a girl like what getting crowd, carried back too. crying. <laughs> so, uh, so like like that's that's and I was like, what? Is I'm, going I'm on? laughing, but you know, we I'm, we talked about yeah. how ADCC is a brutal tournament, and there was some brutal moments. I was just like, what division. is going on out there? You know, you see Bia coming back, holding her arm at the ice, and then uh, Fion and uh, Bianca Bazilla. So first, Fion 
basically, I don't know the what happened medically, but it looked like she broke B.M. Mosquito's arm. It was way past was, the point was, of, like, it, it was like, it was back here. So it was way past 180, and then there was a little bit of a twist added in as well. I don't know if it so was a brutal. dislocation or and what, the, but, oof. And then Fion, I mean, this this division is hard for me to watch, too, because those girls are three of the nicest people in jiu-jitsu. Right. I love them all. But, and then Fion, after the biggest win of her uh, career, you know, goes out there against Bianca Basilio, and Bianca Basilio looked like she broke Fion's leg. I mean, maybe for a second time this year, Bianca Basilio uh, with that vicious toe hold in the final. Yeah, that was that was really nasty. I think that was a huge strategic error by by Fion because we know how good Bianca's leg locks are. She tapped out Fion at the Worlds this mm. year, right? What did she get a straight, a straight ankle? ankle, yeah, at, at Worlds. Yeah, so, and yeah. this time it was a toe hold, oh, but was... it was in again in that shootout in that leg lock position. And I mean, Bianca just ripped it. And off. It was the type ripped of it was the type of toe hold where it wasn't like you're putting the toes in the butt. The leg was straight, mm-hmm. and those ones a lot of times can result in some vic- uh, vicious injuries for sure. For sure, Reed, standout match, please, if you will. You know, I think um, it was a wild weekend, so many big moments. But I think where I, I was like the most excited, or wh- where I was like just the most hype, was was right before Andre versus Felipe. <laughs> oh yeah, you know, I think just the the buzz in that building while they played the video and while those guys were walking out. And Felipe was screaming, and then and then Andre w- was staring Felipe down. Man, I like could not contain myself. How excited I was, to be honest, you know. And uh, the you drums are banging on the, the drums, drums. <laughs> man. It, it was just like it, the place was absolutely electric. At uh, that man, moment. you you were you were the guy who was really responsible for making this happen because you flew to San Diego and you flew to Brazil to, to film and to meet both Andre and Felipe. I, mean, I and knew run up to how, this. how much. The, those how serious those guys were taking it. But, well, you you were part of the team that created that amazing kind of like the the promo video that actually played on the big screens in the venue. And right when that video played, that oh, sixty goosebumps. second little video. I mean, I got goosebumps. But yeah. the the the, re- the reaction from the crowd as well was. It was the most anticipated moment of the entire weekend, right? No yeah. exaggeration. And just hearing the announcer say the biggest ADCC super fight of all time. The, the announcer biggest, was p- on point too. Yeah, he was good. The, the biggest grudge match. You know, I, I just I know how much it meant to Felipe. I know how much it meant to Andre. You know, I knew that these guys weren't going to give an inch. And I just like was jumping out of my chair. I like so excited. I could not wait for do we, it. Do uh, we? Do we have a clip to play for this? Oh or? yes, we do. Uh, um, actually, not from this match. Okay, but, okay. But um, maybe in a second here. But I mean, the, the, and I thought you know, I thought the match delivered. You know, absolutely. I, what do you guys think? Do you guys think Alval broke him with his pace? It seemed oh, like it to me. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Like like at one point when they went out of bounds, it was like Felipe didn't want to get. And I think you saw a little reaction too. Alval was coming out clubbing him, and Felipe was like, "Oh wow, this is." So the yeah. first 10 seconds of that match looked like an old-school pank race bout mm. because it was like straight-up open-hand slaps. Now, we've seen videos of, of Galvao training like this with Josh Hinger at Atos, right? They literally, they're just beating the crap out of each other in the stand-up, like clubbing each other. And Galvao came out of the gates like immediately in the first 15 seconds. He immediately had Penner on the back foot. He was chasing him across the mat. And just the look of Felipe's eyes, I genuinely think that he wasn't prepared for it. After the takedown out of bounds, too, it was like Alvaro was back in the center and Felipe is like still laying on the ground. It was like right there, I was like, I don't think he's coming I mean, back. He hit that it. table pretty hard. Too. He did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He that wasn't the only was guy intense. to do that all weekend, yeah. right? There were a few of those incidents. Um, maybe a case for bringing the tables back away from the Absolutely. mat a little or yeah. making the mat even bigger. But, but I mean, luckily, nobody was seriously hurt from that. Yuri Samoyes is a slightly different matter. He tweaked his knee kind of going out of bounds. But, but just to speak about that, it's like the Galvao was just relentless. Like he didn't give Felipe time to breathe. He was constantly in his face, constantly pushing him and... Well, I mean, how many takedowns did he score? I don't yeah, remember. Two points, two points, but but uh, but oh no, no, but I mean, he only in the, scored. In the, in the no, uh, but he, how many takedowns did he hit? I think there were like three good two sequences. Three? And, and Andre had a perfect strategy. Like he didn't do, he didn't take a shot for almost five minutes. He was yeah. just pulling on his head, making him tired, wearing him out, and it seemed like Felipe was dazed. And then he just bam had a blast it's double. The thing once he gets on the bottom too, like. It's, how are you going to sweep Andre Galvao there? It's going to be so tough to put him on his back and hold him for three seconds or whatever you got to do to sweep. It's going at I, that that point. I didn't really like Felipe's chances once I saw it. Yeah, I, I thought definitely. You know, a lot of good competitors. I think you got to give it up to <clears throat> to what Gordon did out there. He didn't make it look easy. But in in terms of like who looked the most prepared, 
it looked like Andre was prepared for anything. You know? And it was and his birthday, thirty seventh awesome. birthday awesome. as well. Man. Speaking of speaking of those two, I'm getting a lot of uh, hate in the DMs online for ranking Gordon ahead of Galvao. What do you guys think about my choice there? I don't think it's the goat list. See, if if we're talking greatest of all time, maybe I put Andre ahead. But we're talking season. Gordon did double gold, two brackets. And Nogi Worlds, too. We we still rank in his Nogi Worlds double gold. I don't feel the one super fight is exactly. And and it's not just that because Gordon has consistently been winning, as you say. Nogi Worlds last year, super fight against Joao Gabriel, you know, his recent performances. You have to take that into consideration. And six submissions out of eight matches, beating guys like Bouchesha, beating guys, you know, just like, just a, a host of really, really talented, tough guys. I think, absolutely earns Gordon that number one spot. Who who can say, right? Who yeah. can say, you know, I think, you know. We hey, can say. Go, yeah. Look at the Andre, Andre, <laughs> Andre is the, you know, he is the most senior. He's he's defending the, the super fight. So, I mean, I think you could say that he's got a claim to it until you, until Gordon beats yeah. Andre, you know. I think Andre's go at this point. To hook up Andre, though. Well, in terms of, like, legend status, ADCC, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, to, to, that just further cements Galvao's position for me. Yeah, right? but it's not I mean, ranking how, for your, how can you for your career. It? To help out Andre, though, that was the only division we didn't. I didn't go straight podium from ADCC. I was like, I cannot put Andre Galvao in fifth after the first, second, third. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we want to find out who the who the best is. We've got this little clip right here we can play, Andre versus Gordon. And we want to know who, who the best is. Oh, my what word. What do you guys think? We, we can Andre coming back? Andre going to come back? Look at this. Come Says on. This is, was right? so hype. These guys. Say, all right. So when, when Galvao beat uh, Penna... Uh, I was right next to Angelica, Gelv- Angelica Galvao and all the rest of the Atos guys. And I, I turned around to Angelica and I was like, is he going to come back? Is he going to come back? And she's like, yeah, I don't think so. No, you know? of course he's going to come back. No, come she, she's like, I don't, I, anything can happen, but I really don't think so. I really think he's done. And then literally two seconds later, Galvao's out in the middle of the map facing <laughs> off with Gordon. And I'm just like, what is happening here? This is incredible. He's I'm been chatting too with Gordon online a little bit, going back and forth on Instagram. Okay, the, well, the I'm going to say something right now. I feel, I feel that, do that Galvao kind of has to, in a way, because he is the one who put the stipulation to Gordon. He said, hey, Gordon, you've wanted this match for however long, like three years or something. You know, you've been chasing after me. You've been calling me out. You've been talking a load of crap online. Here's the deal. He said it straight. Go and win ADCC gold absolute. Yeah. Then earn your in, shot. Uh, in a couple of years, you and me. Said that right? a bunch of times. I've seen that a bunch of times from him and Angelica exactly. about, about Gordon. So, so Gordon Wynn did it. There was the talk that it was going to be, you know, Galvao's last match. There's the talk that, you know, that he's going to retire out in a high. And even Gordon himself said that, you know, if that is the case, if Galvao wants to retire, he actually doesn't have a problem with that because he would love to see somebody go out, you know, with their legacy intact. And I don't think anybody would disagree that that's a cool 100%. thing, right? Where's, but the, where's the super fight go from there? Huge but, okay? That is by far the one match that we really, really, everybody undeniably wants to see more than any other because it's the one match that where else is that ever going to happen, Right. Yeah, that's fair. We're running Could out of time imagine? for it. Could you imagine twenty twenty one Andre versus Gordon to really solidify who is the top of the pound for pound yeah. ranking? <laughs> yeah, it's gotta wait two <laughs> years. <laughs> yeah, but uh, like I think the fans would agree. We don't have right? any more yeah. from Galvao. That's why I sort of felt bad for uh, Pergisa there because that's like one of the big rivalries of his career, and he's not gonna have a chance to run it back. Like that was his last shot, and Galvao took over. it. That's sports, baby. Yep. Yeah. Got a couple it key is. players in the comments here. Shout out to Mo. And uh, Josh Hanger just said he's got an entire highlight of Galvo and himself clubbing each other. <laughs> should I post bet. that thing. Yeah, I want to see it. Years of highlights, I bet. <laughs> yeah. I got to say shout out to Mo, Mo as well for, for putting on the literally the best ADCC in living wow. memory. Yeah, I just wow. think that's an, the an stuff amazing. that those guys were able to pull off. Right. Best grappling event ever. It was it was like you were at WrestleMania or the Super Bowl oh, or something. Just goodness. the feeling, the electricity in the air around the Hilton where we were staying. It was like, yeah, it was. I mean, I think it's not by accident that it was the most exciting. You know, I think just the, the from the audience, you know, the crowd, the way that they were participating and, and the production and, and, and uh, the spectacle that was on. It just it elevated, I think, everybody's performance. For me, it's ADCC as it really deserved to be. Mm. Because ADCC, the most prestigious Nogi championship in the world, the most respected. Expected of, of titles in the nogi landscape and um you know it's uh it's it's not always been treated maybe as it could have right some of the locations that it went to some of the some of the you know the kind of the situations with the actual organization around the tournaments has been uh up and down right 
But I got to say, the last couple of years, you know, Finland was incredible. Twenty seventeen, twenty nineteen in in LA was phenomenal for me. That signals a trend in you know a move in the right direction. How I think twenty twenty one is going to be. How are they going to do that? Twenty twenty one. The SoCal fans really oh made it special goodness. too. The SoCal fans really know their jujitsu compared to a lot of regions, and having them there, they know when a big sweep's coming. You know, it really helped. The, and the they atmosphere. know the magnitude of, yeah, of yeah. what these things mean. They really do, right? They, they were ed- they're educated fans, and they were, like you say, Mike, they were predicting, you know. They knew what's coming, yeah. Yeah, they could see things coming. You could hear them kind of go, oh, yeah, 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 it's coming. Mm-hmm. It's, um, mm-hmm. oh, you know, the, the right reactions at the right times. They helped it's fantastic. me in, you know. I'm, I'm shooting photos. I'm kind of dialed in on yeah, one mat. Right, I hear right. some crazy shit, stuff happen to the right. I got to turn. I got to swivel yeah. for all the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, we discussed there a little bit about the um, – the, the standout matches, you know, we discuss obviously Lachlan Giles, what people's was champion. You didn't pick oh, yeah. oh, okay, I got one. I got a good one actually, and I really enjoyed this match. It was one of the ones that I commentated on, and I think it's maybe a sleeper match. And I really suggest people go back and check this one out, just because it was really, really entertaining and technically very interesting. It was Craig Jones versus Mason Fowler. Mm. Sleeper match. It was like second round in the eighty-eight kilogram division. Mason Fowler is as tough as they come. Right? He's only only a brown belt. Okay. And this guy training with Kyle Terra. He's got a ton of MMA and wrestling experience, and he's really been sharpening his jujitsu game. And Craig was on fire. Right? And you know, Craig has been criticized in the past as being very one-dimensional with his leg locks. He showed. A little bit of everything in the tournament but even in that match he was cycling through the let's call them the Danaher systems the front headlock system the back system the Kimura system it was a little bit of everything and Mason was just you know he was getting stuck in it was really it was like a, it was a kind of a little bit knockdown drag out and then you know Craig hits his beautiful guillotine fantastic match so mm-hmm. one of those ones that maybe gets slept on because it was like an earlier round match and stuff but Ma- Mason did have a great performance and a lot of these guys did who, who maybe won their went one and one at the tournament or even these yeah. guys like Craig who, who you know didn't win the gold but I mean there's so many great performances Some, that we're not really even talking something about something that uh, none of us mentioned that I think deserves honorable mention for story of the tournament like what we're talking about is Rutolo. Oh, right. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The youngest competitor to ever make it that far in ADCC. And then right? go to, yeah, made the semis and then went the distance with Paulo Miao. A, he's a juvenile blue belt. Yeah. 16 year old. It's, it's incredible. I mean, everyone was matches. That kid can't even get his purple belt yet. Yeah, he took but, it to Paulo, man. That knee bar photo has been all over, all over the internet. What was it? What was it Danaher said to you about the belt, Sweet? That they they died. I forget what he, he, he said. They, they used okay. to mean something. To paraphrase, <laughs> yeah, it's like basically they don't mean that much anymore because you have like purple belt Nikki Ryan, you know, beating the black belt IBJJF will no, you know, geek yeah, champion in Jamil Hill and, and making it into the division. Um, you know, Nick Rodriguez purple belt, can't even get his brown. And then yeah, there you go, <laughs> getting his purple belt on the podium. There was it's two. Hilarious. There was two blue belts in the ADCC semifinals. If you think about it, Ty and Nick Rodriguez. Wow, that's right. Yeah, like fighting feel, for the podium spot. I feel like we got a Nicky Rod clip here. I feel like I should tell this story because it's kind of a funny story. But that mo- that morning of after he had already beaten Muhammad Ali and um, Orlando Sanchez, ADCC World Champion, IBJJF World Champion, Nicky Rod's coach came up to me that morning and said, "Hey, do you know where I can find a purple belt? <laughs> do you know where I can get a purple belt? I want to promote." Nikki to purple belt today and I said is he ready really <laughs> come on are you sure Jake really how long sure has he had his belt yeah yeah <laughs> I was like, is this IBJJ legal <laughs> but um and I said I said well man I was like well I brought my purple belt you know and so we had another one of the guys who was working with us run back to my room grab my purple belt so we could um put the purple belt so, so Jay could promote um that uh, Nikki to, to purple belt on the podium, standing next to Kynan and Bushesha, you know, two black belt world champions, two of the greatest, uh, especially Bushesha, one of the greatest. Here's a little clip of, of, of this one of these one of these matches. And this is Nikki's first match. The oh, last, this is the first round match. The last right? five seconds of the match here, he hits this insane. This basically won the match for him. I think I could have gone to Muhammad if that moment didn't happen. Yeah, here. that fireman's won it for him. Yeah, it was a very even match. I was calling that one with Sean Williams, uh, my commentator partner for the weekend. And 
when those guys came on, they did you see them land on the photographers like oh, twice? Yeah. This right was the first the match of day one. Yeah, yeah. this match, is like the first match. If you want to yeah. make a match that's going to land on the photographers, it's Nick Rodriguez versus Muhammad Ali. <laughs> yeah. It's like five hundred pounds of of men. Okay, there's, 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 yeah. there's Jay right there, his coach who, who oh, uh, promoted so cool. him to purple belt uh, at the end of the second. Jay, Jay Rigobuto, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. really cool. Nice Shout out to those guys down in South Jersey, man, making killers. Doing work. Dude, what is it about Jersey? Yeah, Jersey's content gold, like man. Sameshi, now Nick Rodriguez, Gary Tonin, Gordon Ryan. One of the wrestling guys calls it the Dagestan of, of USA. <laughs> I mean, that's like perfect. So right. I can't argue with the results, man. For real. Gotta right? give a shout out JT, to Muhammad. JT Torres, also. JT, a bunch of bunch of strong guys. But I was just saying, um, Muhammad's wrestling and counter wrestling look really good. I thought maybe he'd pull guard, you know, because he w- he wouldn't be penalized in the first half of, of the round. But he took it to Nick and, and stood and traded with him on the feet for that entire round. Move. Looked pretty solid. So. He's working his wrestling. Nice work out there. You know, uh, we got an interesting comment actually from from Hinger, uh, Josh Hinger, in the uh, in the live chat here, saying about how the the belt system belongs to jujitsu, but in his opinion, ADCC is not jujitsu. Yeah, it's not. And it is an interesting point because they themselves call it submission fighting. Submission fighting, meaning that it doesn't matter if you're a wrestler, if you're a judo guy, if you're an MMA fighter, sumo. Jiu-jitsu, it does not matter that it's the kind of always was designed as the the kind of the proving grounds where your grappling style could go head to head with others. And it just happens to be that jiu-jitsu has always been the most dominant, right? But there have been other stylists who have enjoyed a lot of success in ADCC throughout the history. We're talking about wrestlers like Mark Kerr. There was even a guy. Mark Kerr is one of the all-time greats. Of course. And he was even a guy. I think he was in the first or second ADCC. I forget his name off the top of my head, but a South African guy. And he was like a powerlifter and a judo guy. And he yeah, went out I'm... and he won because people couldn't do anything to him. But it's like, you know, Nick Rodriguez went out there with literally just around about 12 months of formal grappling you know, jujitsu training, but it's his wrestling background, his athleticism, and his hustle. A lot of confidence. A lot of self-confidence. Mark Kerr, his own, his only loss was to Arona. So if he wins that match, we're talking about Mark Kerr as the only perfect person in ADCC history. He's one of the all-time greats. He's for fifteen sure. and zero. I want to say right. I think you know uh, that other than other than Gordon Ryan, Mark Kerr is the only other American to have double golded. Uh, ADCC did not realize yeah, yeah Mark Kerr because Lister only won the absolute exactly right? yeah, yeah. yeah. The only absolute there you go but Gordon is the first American in nearly like I think it's 18 years to win double gold do you think they let him do the weight in absolute like he wants next time or is I hope super, so super fight but that, that could sort of mess up the super fight right if he wins everything which he can't fight himself but I would love <laughs> I, I want to see more Gordon he's so exciting I'd, l- I'd like to see him and the weight in the absolute next time. Gordon Ryan fights himself. That would be something. Yeah. <laughs> the, only, the only challenge left. Yeah, no, literally. I, I think uh, the ADCC criteria is best uh, exemplified in that cyborg Nicky Rodriguez match because watching that through a jiu-jitsu lens, you might want to give that decision to cyborg. He kind of hit that. Well, didn't hit, but he like had, the arm had bar a nice attempt? arm bar attempt. He had some good sweep attempts. Like, it was very close, but... Nicky Ra was pressuring and, and lots of aggression from the top, and the top is all that matters. Well, he pulled. Cyborg pulled, and I, I, saw, I saw more and more. Like, if you pull and play guard the whole time, I don't think it works in your favor if it goes to a ref's decision there. Yeah. I mean, of course, we don't know exactly what the, what the judges are looking for. Well, but, we have a good idea. But it, it seems like watching, it seems like if, if you pull guard, that's a big strike against you. Paulo Tanquino was another one that went, that went to a ref's decision. A lot of people thought, oh, maybe Paulo won that one. A lot of people thought, but it's like, I think they value the top position. Tankinia well, was on top, trying to pass. Reed, you you even excuse me, you even mentioned it about how just just hanging out with the officials and hanging mm. out with the refs over the weekend and mm. stuff that that they that they are wrestling fans and they they want to see wrestling uh, utilized in ADCC. It's important, right? Yeah, absolutely. I know those guys are uh, all huge wrestling fans. A lot of them are, are um, from that part of the world where wrestling is is really really big. And of course, yeah, I think it, yeah, it started as. I feel like it it always leaned a little bit more towards wrestling, really, even since 1998. You know, I feel like, um, and so I feel like these guys they they want to see that that battle that that Nicky Rod brings, and I think that's maybe why he he won some of those closer closer matches is because he was willing to kind of throw down in, in in the realm that that they were looking for. Okay, so we mentioned there about. Sort of the standout stories: Nick Rodriguez, Tyro Tolo, Lachlan Giles. So uh, we mentioned about the uh, you know some of our standout matches. We talked about Gordon, but one thing that we, we briefly touched on one or two moments. But I, again, let's go around the table, and Reed will start off with you this time. We'll go the other start way. With Michael, come on. <laughs> I'll go. I'm, I'm ready. Biggest upset of the weekend. Did we do this one? 
Um, I talked about it in my, my match with Dante. Yeah, exactly. Lucas, we touched uh, on it, but yeah. biggest upset for you. Biggest upset. Um, man, I guess it's got to be kind in Bushesha. That's where my mind went. That's where my mind went for sure. Um, just because, I mean, really, when you look at it, paper, we shouldn't be so surprised, to be honest, right? I mean, it's yeah, like. Yeah, but it's Buchecha. But yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's Buchecha. Exactly, yeah. But it's Buchecha. Yeah. Against anybody else, you would be like, oh, Kainu would be fine, but. I forget who I talked to. I've talked to some, I think it was, I think it was Gordon, maybe, or, or somebody. And he was, he said, he was like, yeah, Nikki's probably going to have Buchecha. And he's like, well, pff, I say that, but, you know, you can't count out Kynan ever and it's so true it's just like Kynan can win any match you put him in man you know what just just from what you say right there uh, really hammers hammers home a point to me that I think a lot of people kind of just maybe aren't aware of because they see the bravado they see the, the, the talking crap online and they see the swagger and the submissions but one thing they don't realize is how astute and how dialed in Gordon is to this kind of stuff. Mm. He was, I mean, he posted a, a little Instagram thing of him on Saturday night after competing. And like, you know, he's literally sat at his kitchen table in his, in his, in his rented house watching tape from earlier that day. He studies this stuff so closely, right? You know, we talked about how guys were going up against Lachlan Giles and had no idea what his game is. Gordon would never be unprepared like that, yeah. right? And for him to kind of sort of be so aware of what could happen in the match between Bouchesh and Kaina says a lot I think to his grappling IQ 100% man what can you say about Gordon jeez he was impressive that weekend yeah. he kind of gets buried because I feel like at a certain point I just, we just expected him to, to win because he just looked so dominant he is a there. bit of a victim of his own success right, you right. Sort of, Gordon should win this division yeah. and he did so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kaina would have run to Kaina beat Two-time ADCC champs in back-to-back matches. There. What do you think is the biggest? Upset? Yeah, against Yuri and then against Bouchesha. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. That those are two huge wins. And I, I have to say, if you, if you, if you kind of tally it all up, let's forget the submission against Lachlan Giles for a moment. You know, I know it's hard to, right? But let's forget that. But you look at Kainan's run through that division, submitting the European Trials winner in his first match, Elder Rafagev, beating Yuri three-zero uh, by a back take, beating. Bouchesha by a referee's decision and then the win over Nick Rodriguez in the final took his back it was, took his back yeah. that together is an incredible performance his ADCC debut nope. His eight, nope. not, not his ADCC no, yeah, no it's eight, not, not, not his choke Papa he competed yeah. two years ago yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, easy to but forget that one yeah yeah, yeah you, you tally it up and that is the most successful competitive year that I've ever seen ever seen from a black belt of his age first year you're talking about first year well, no he's not his first year he just completed a first year because he got first his year black belt though no because he actually got his black belt at worlds 2018 so he's he's oh, around yeah, yeah, about yeah, yeah. 15 months i would call this his right first year though because right? 2019 year. 2019 season, season yeah yeah if you want to call it that. I guess. Yeah. But in this, in that time since he won worlds as a brown belt and got promoted in midway through last year he's won let me see no gi worlds europeans pans worlds Kasai Pro ADCC that, and, and let's not forget there's a bunch of like Grand Slams World Pro bunch of super fights invitationals and stuff incredible right yeah I sort of had a feeling like I picked Buchecha in my bracket but after I saw Buchecha versus Braganetto first round like Braganetto showed up in a t-shirt and shorts with zippers and I mean did not I mean we know he's older and Buchecha like didn't look like he was too into it. He got like, taken down twice, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got taken down. He waited till the end and just sort of like rolled him from half guard. It was like, and then I saw the way Kainan was going. And even though I had picked Buchecha originally, you know, obviously, uh, I started thinking like, man, Kainan's looking better. I thought Kainan could have get him. And yeah, what a great upset. Well, Kainan's now taken out two of the goats this year. Leandro, Leandro he passed Leandro's Leandro guard. Low in the final at the World Championships and beating Buchecha here. Those are two huge names. Kynan was the youngest ADCC champion this year, 21 years old. All right. Yeah, youngest wow. guy in the division Ridiculous. as well. So that my, that's incredible. My, biggest upset, Mike. My upset, uh, let's, let's think. Uh, well, I think a lot of them, a lot of the big upsets, Kynan, I mean, even Dante beating Lucas. Dante, we had ranked number four going into the week. I mean, Fion beat Bia, but. Don't list them all off, bro. Come no, on. But I'm, <laughs> saying, don't I'm, steal I'm, them. I'm saying I don't want to pick them because they were all sort of big names going into it. Lachlan. Nobody had Lachlan ranked the top 10 at 77 kilograms even. To beat Kynan with a heel hook, forget about the other ones. To beat the 99-kilogram champ, tap him with a heel hook, I think that's the upset of the tournament for me. Interesting. It's hard, it's hard to argue with that, I think. Um, for me, even though you just listed it, and we talked about it briefly already, Fion submitting Bia, I think, um, 
is absolutely one of the biggest upsets of the, of the tournament. Yeah. We all had sort of picked Bia as, as the dominant champion returning. She's beaten Fionn. She's beaten Bianca Basilio. It was Bia's to win, and Fionn to go out there and submit dramatically like that. You got to hand it to her. That's, that's amazing. So, you know, it's kind of a shame that she ended up injured at the end of the tournament, but that's the way these things go. I, I even said that to to Fionn. I kind of caught up with her over by the podium, and, you know, she's kind of your happy brethren, sad, right? Your countrymen. Yeah. From <laughs> Wales. There aren't too many of us, but there were actually there were two Welsh competitors at this year's ADCC. Ross Nichols in the 77-kilogram division and Fionn, all from Wales. Very, very small, small country of only 3 million people, so pretty cool to see. But I was chatting to Fionn. And I said, you know, she was happy sad because, you know, happy to have, you know, beaten beer and beaten a goat and, and made it to the silver medal. Obviously, very sad to have almost had her foot ripped off her leg. <laughs> but uh, I was chatting to her and I said, hey, you know, I, I get it. You're upset with the loss, but nobody can take away the fact that you tapped be, be, a, be a mosquito. Now, I don't even remember the last time I saw Beatrice Mesquita get tapped out. I'm not sure if I've ever seen her get tapped I, out I, as a black belt. Literally, it. like you know, you have to go deep into the into the you know, history books to try and find that. And Fionn will forever now be known as the girl who did that. Incredible. Well, I, I think that's something that East we should. Coast Jiu-Jitsu Academy. I think that's something we should comment on about this event. Talking to these people the day before, everyone knows that. I think that's one of the reasons they're so excited. Everyone knows you don't even got to win this tournament. Exactly. One big win here makes you a superstar. Like, exactly. look, look, look at Craig's career trajectory. It's the last one. He he didn't win it. He took fourth, and everybody knows that going in. Like Dante's talked about this before. Like this could change my life if I do good. He goes out. He almost lost to Satava. Everything right. could be different. Satava was inches away from passing his guard he for like lost. a minute, and then Dante comes, slams him, takes his back, and wins it. And then after that, gets the biggest win of his career against Lucas Lepre. Like all this stuff. If Lachlan doesn't enter the absolute. Nobody's talking about Lachlan right now. He's a superstar now. This yep. this, this tournament, just going out, you don't have to win anything. Just a, a big win, an impressive performance can send you, you know, shooting a superstar. Make or break your career, for sure. Yeah. Can, can you or, imagine where Tyra Tolo is going to go from here? Like, <laughs> yeah. For real, like He's the, the yeah. trajectory of his life is different uh, now. Like I think the answer to that is uh, back to high school. Juvenile, <laughs> yeah. Juvenile blue belt divisions. Watch yeah. out, kids. He's, yeah. he's coming for you. Okay. So I got a, uh, I, I think my biggest upset for the weekend, and it's not just one match, but it's one overall performance. I got to give a shout out to Tanquinho because mm. going into the 66 kilogram division, it's uh, it's something of a, you know, a kind of a backhanded compliment, I guess. But, you know, it's not unfair to say that nobody was talking about Tanquinho going into this. Right. And with good reason. Number one, he was the oldest competitor in the division. 37 years of age. Didn't medal last time. Had that medal last 66 time. is a young man's uh, division. Average age was 25 in that division. It was a young man's division. And... He wasn't even in the top four seeds, right? You were looking at the seeding, right? Uh, where did you seed him at? In the, in the no, I had him top four. You had uh, him top four? Based off of his uh, 2015 medal, I believe. Okay, right. But I think like pa- it was like Pablo. Um, it was Paolo, Paolo. Pablo. Tanquinho and Bruno were in the mix. Well, but Bruno, Bruno took silver in 2015. Tanquinho took bronze, right? Yeah, yeah. So they are both in the mix. But so they weren't like... Tanquinho was not a high seed. He was probably middle of the pack, kind of like five, six, yeah. somewhere around there, right? So, you know, people oh, would Kennedy had the had the one probably, or I don't know if they. Gave Paolo had the one. Okay. Yeah, Paolo no, had the Kennedy, number one. Kennedy Paolo Miao had the one. But, but, but regardless, is is that 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 Tanquinho Gianni would have been up there too. Gianni would have been uh, one of the top seeds. So Tanquinho was just another guy, just another guy in the mix in a division stacked full of killers, active guys. And, you know, his most recent Nogi appearance was Kasai Pro uh, last year when he took third in that tournament that Gianni won, Paolo took second. Now, that's not to say that we want to discount the fact that, that Tankino is an IBJJF world champion, Gian Nogi. It's not to discount the fact that he's hit the podium in ADCC in the past. But, but, big but, right, that... He wasn't necessarily. I keep, that. I keep chuckling. I'm sorry. Big butt. <laughs> he was not. He was not as active or as consistent as some of the other guys in this division. So yeah, we kind of slept on him. But him, one thing we did say. Third. One thing we did say. Michael didn't sleep on. Him. <laughs> third, third seed. <laughs> one thing we did say though is that he definitely had the game. He had the style and he had the experience to carry him through that division, and he showed it. And Nobody can sweep him. We'll look at what he did. Number one, first round match. Tapped out Keith Gregorian. Number two, second round match, he beat Mateus Gabriel. Right now, the 2019 IBJJF World Champion. About to run that back tomorrow night in Dallas. Semi-final match, beats Paolo Miao. And then in the final, beats Kennedy Maciel. 
And Kennedy did a great job of getting through to the final right mm. there because, again, you know, he came in as, like, a replacement for his dad. but And he was on fire. He had some amazing matches, a couple of really, really good submissions. But you just look at that run right there. That is not an easy run by any chance. You know, some of these guys, like, you could argue that Gordon's path to the final was not the most, you know, the most difficult. Uh, but well, as far as the 66 go, that was incredible for Tankino. It's, it's wild, right? Tankino fighting Cobrinha's son in the final. Like, yeah. Uh, but, uh, I think he used to fight Tankino. Tankino used to fight Cabrinha, right? Insane. In the adult divisions. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think the story for Tankino's run is uh, look at these guys. They can't wrestle with them. Guys want to pull against them, and then you you sit down. Then you need to wrestle to sweep. They can't sweep him, can't and, sweep and him. then can't he's going to the overtime. I mean, yeah, I see these guys, Mateus Gabriel, Paulo, under these rules, having a tough time putting Tankino flat on his back. He's just scrappy like that. Yeah, I got to say that was one of the most composed. And one of the most um, just smart performances from the entire weekend. You know, you never saw him out of position. You never saw him, you know, giving a leg up. You know, yeah, you yeah. never saw him getting into uh, you know a position where the guy had a chance of scoring on him. He was just rock solid the entire time. Uh, very impressive performance. And like you say, Mike, that Tanquinho is going to compete tomorrow night in Dallas on fight to win against Mateus Gabriel who he beat in the second round match Warriors ref's decision there. right Warriors and can you, you know, imagine uh, going through that and competing next weekend <laughs> well, I, <laughs> yeah I yeah. reached out to Seth from fight to win yesterday and I was like man are you, is Tankino definitely going to compete this weekend and he's like just sent me a screenshot of something that Tankino posted on his uh, on his Instagram and he's like listen Tankino wrote why am I competing because I gave my word I gave my word that I was going to compete. To and you know what? To me. There you go. Like, gold medal performance of the ADCC aside. He's like, I'm going to do it. Oh, six days later, I'm going to be there. Savage. Fucking Absolutely. Incredible. Warrior. Warrior. <laughs> Did you guys hear about this? That um, Nikki Rod and Pat Downey are going to yeah. be doing, oh, yeah. doing a yeah. wrestling Insane. match this weekend. Phenomenal, man. Love it. Yeah, Can't right. Yeah. So, so it is a pure wrestling match, right? There's some Freestyle. all good rules. Just take downs. Rules, but there's no submissions. You can't leg lace. Nicky Rod might get in there. There's huh? one thing I know about Nicky Rod, man. When time's running. <laughs> and he's on the mat <laughs> the with somebody. Fight is happening. <laughs> hey, so he's going to and choke somebody it's, out. It's just takedowns. You can't like leg lace and tech them or anything? No, yeah. No, it's no uh, parte okay. stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's just takedown and up, basically. Um, but, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised Nicky tries to uh, snap, slap on a couple chokes. Well, he's got a size <laughs> advantage working in his favor. He's a lot bigger than Downey. He chokes Downey unconscious. <laughs> Who, who's the winner? Yeah. Well, in wrestling <laughs> rules, they just like restart, right? Yeah, they, yeah. they let the guys come around doing and they it. just keep going. He, uh, <laughs> well, well, Downey just did worlds at 86 kilograms, so Nick's going to have a big size advantage playing in his favor because, yeah, going up against the – I mean, people, Downey's a Team USA current world member. Yeah. And he won a couple matches at, at worlds. He didn't go 0-1. So he's a, he's a very tough wrestler for him to go against. Yeah, yeah, it's a great match. Super Love it. Exciting. These guys are, are, you know, hot and, and they um, – you know, they struck while the iron was hot, man. This is this is awesome. Love it. Love to see it. What yeah, about – you were talking about Tankino's strategy going through. What about JT? JT just seems like the perfect strategist at ADCC, in my opinion. Like he, he fights so smart. He's always got a game plan. He's, he stays focused. He, he, For me, that was the defining factor of, of JT. So he went up against a couple guys who are really, really tough to deal with. Gary Tonon. Everybody knows that Gary's antics, you know, on the mat, right? But he's a very uh, wily kind of competitor. He's very dangerous, but he also, he, he you know, he loves to be in the chaos of the right? Yeah. And that's where he can score and he, and he does really well. And then you've got a very different competitor in Wagner Hocha yeah, in Wagner the final. Jabbing you in the chest. Who's yeah, yeah. one of the most violent <laughs> yeah. competitors. You see the bruise on his forehead? Oh, yeah. so crazy. Gnarly. Yeah. Wagner is just ready. Thugging it, both right? of those he guys just getting in people's faces. Both of those guys pull people out of their game regularly. Absolutely, and yeah, JT, exactly. you can't do that to him. He sticks to his game plan no matter what you do. I he was JT was for me was the most composed and the most poised competitor of the entire tournament. Mentally unshakable, just so so solid, so dialed in, so focused. And I, I mean, it just goes to show why he is now a two-time ADCC champion. And I, I said to him as well, you know, that hey. You gotta come back. You gotta yeah. come back for the three peat. You know why? Because number one, there has never been a three time 
uh, ADCC division champion from America. Mm. Like Gordon's got three ADCC gold medals. Mark Kerr has three ADCC gold medals. But those are two weight divisions and an absolute. But nobody's come back and done back to back to back in the same division gold medals. And also, I believe, apart from Marcelo, nobody else has done you know in recent recent years nobody else has defended the 77 he's the first title. person since Marcelo to defend it there you go because that division is so tough like we call yeah. it the group of death going into this yeah. JT goes through there and doesn't get scored on and it what? Is, is in control the entire time I feel like I think about Marcelo's four times winning ADCC as the division as like just like so unattainable now but yeah. then you look at JT and it's like JT could do it. J- oh JT yeah, JT could do it, dude. He doesn't. And the wrestling yeah. was the key, right? Yep. He out wrestled DJ Jackson. Yep. Put him on his back. He out wrestled Gary Tonin. He out wrestled Wagner. He out wrestled every single I guy think that he. His faced. wrestling too is when you see when he, when he's taking guys down, even if he's doing a single leg or anything, he's sort of double leg body lock stuff, but he's switching to a body lock when it's going to the ground because you can't just go to the ground with one leg because you no. can't put him flat on their back like they'll, that they'll and flip out yeah, and yeah. guys are missing points like that JT's switching to a body lock and pinning them flat on their back and he's actually getting the points that guys are leaving behind out there total competition time for JT Torres across those four matches the was epitome. 60 minutes 60 minutes uh-huh. of work hard work 15 minutes off that is a lot of time in 2017 if I, I did the championship study and I think he I think he might have hit like 75 minutes last time so wow. he puts in that work for mm, sure his back take against that. Wagner was beautiful it was he went for the single Wagner went uh, Kimura trap and he snuck behind him to take the back alright so real quick about the Wagner JT so you and I mm. were both all three of us we were talking about this last night because we were going through the results and we were kind of tallying up the scores and stuff and there's a little bit of a uh, confusion as to what is recorded on the results for the Wagner JT final. And I made a point of, of reaching out and kind of finding out exactly what happened. So if you look at the arena, the, re- the official bracket, the result is recorded as a submission with one second left in the match. Now, if you watch the video, what happens is there's what approximately three seconds left in the mat. Wagner knows that the time's running out. Wagner reaches up and behind, taps JT on the head and says, Great job. Well done. And the referee stops it. And they were right on the edge of bounds anyway. He stops it. And you see the referee kind of say, you tapped. And Wagner's like, no, I didn't tap. Yeah, 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 exactly. And even, uh, and I reach out to Wagner and I'm like, bro, it just looked like a seatbelt. There was no choke on. You didn't tap, right? And he's like, no. He said, the referee said, you tapped. And he said, even JT turned around and said, he didn't tap. Mm. So even though the victory is recorded officially as a submission, I'm not counting it as a submission, you know. Interesting. JT and Wagner, yeah. If JT and Wagner say there was no tap, and the referee said there was, well, I guess you know it's hard to argue with the officials, but there was no submission. I checked BJJ Heroes; they agree with you. They have a three-zero win. Good, yeah. good, because I think it's unfair to Wagner to call that a submission win, right? Mm. At the same time, though, I mean, I, I, I'm on the same side as all of us here, but Wagner should have tapped in his head. <laughs> like, yeah, come yeah. on, <laughs> <laughs> like, don't tap, don't him risk it <laughs> twice as well, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. One tap or whatever, stop, right? That's yeah, right. say nice job, do yeah. anything. You could have waited until three seconds know. and you would have been done, but I guess it's we're one of those weird weird moments, to right? force a submission when it's not there. So. Yeah, exactly. I think that was kind of a harsh call on ref's part, but anyway, that's that's by the by. But um, wow, what man, a tournament! What, what a, tournament. a tournament! I just ran through some stats as well last night because I wanted to kind of go through some things. In total, ninety-eight competitors, including the two uh, in the super fight, of course. A total of one hundred and ten matches. Only three were forfeited, and those were the bronze medal matches in three divisions: the under ninety-nine, over ninety-nine, and the under sixty. Under 60, Beatrice Mosquito couldn't mm. compete because of the injured arm. Mm. Um, Cyborg, uh, he decided that he did not want to compete yeah, in the bronze medal match against Bouchesha. A lot of people messaged me about that stuff this week. And what then Vinny was the same, right? Vinny. What do you guys think about that? Decided, well, Vinny decided not to compete against... Uh, um, who was it in the under ninety nine uh, third place? Hulk. Hulk decided not to compete in a third place match. And uh, apparently he got kind of mad because the... The commentators, I'm not sure who it was, but the commentators, I think it might have been Ricardo and Sean, they said that he was injured and he couldn't compete. And actually, he came out and he said no. He said, I decided that I have enough bronze medals as it is. I only came out there to win gold, and therefore, I didn't want to compete in the bronze medal match. Yeah, should have went with being injured, in my opinion, because I think that sounds better. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say that sounds like a cop-out. 
you didn't want a bronze medal, so you didn't want to compete. That's like saying, screw you guys, I'm taking my ball home because you guys aren't playing by the rules I want, I'm out. That's something several athletes have DM'd me since the tournament, saying, are you guys going to talk about it? Like, people unhappy with sitting out a bronze medal match. I agree with them. I mean, and I'm sure you could have gotten you know, somebody else to, to, to fight for the bronze. I'm sure bronze medal ch- certainly changed uh, Lachlan Giles' life. There you go. Yeah, yeah I mean, there's no shame in an ADCC bronze medal. Well, you look, have to fight for it as well. It's not like a default participation. Look at Paulo. Paulo had a tough ref's decision that a lot of people thought his way. He went out there and fought. He didn't say anything on social media. He went out there and he had the match afterwards. I just think to, to respect the tournament, you got to do it. Since I was a kid doing wrestling, you lose. Okay, you're upset about it. you got to suck it up and go wrestle back. Go for bronze. I mean, it's just part of just any sport, really. I, f- I feel like I should maybe, uh, maybe it's a little harsh, but void the invite. Like, why would you get invited back if you're not going to respect the tournament? No, that's a really good point, actually. I yeah, can't, I can't imagine too many people at the um, Olympics or something. Oh, well, imagine would. Jordan Burroughs at Worlds. Jordan exactly. Burroughs, legend. Exactly. Jordan Burroughs, he, he came there looking for a gold medal. Exactly. He didn't want a bronze medal, but he loses. He goes back and he wrestles back for bronze. If Jordan Burroughs would have said, no, nah, I'm done, I just want a gold medal, what do you think the wrestling community would have reacted? Exactly. No, it would have been an uproar. Yeah, exactly. it really would. And, it, you know, there were, there were two guys who, who decided not to wrestle, right? It was both it was both Vinny and Cyborg, and they are very different reasons. I mean, Cyborg was furious. Like they had similar reasons. Um, no, Vinny was saying he thought, off, that, thought, yeah. thought that he shouldn't have given up two against Retour, and he was upset about it. Right. Yeah. But Okay, so it was in, okay, in, they, they, they were both... Problems with the Federation. You're right, you're right. Go ahead. Right. Well, Cyborg was furious at the decision. He felt that under ADCC criteria that he should have deserved a division. And you did a great interview with him, Reed, as well, where he's talking about how he felt like his, you know, his ADCC history, that, you know, he knew the rules and, you know, he went in there and he did what he thought was necessary and, he, you know, he was denied a decision. And it is what it is. That's, you know, subjective. It's somebody's opinion. You can't always, you know, claim. But... But Vinny straight up thought that it was officiating error and that he straight up got screwed because of the takedown points, right? Yeah, there's a different I argument, so. yeah. I, I guess mean, I, yeah, I guess there's slightly different arguments, yeah. I mean, I think, I think I don't know, I think it's hard to argue that it was a takedown um, if you go back and watch that, that match with, with Trektor, Vinny versus Trektor. Yeah, I watched it this morning. Uh, well, Vinny's saying that he was in on the leg for three seconds. And then, and pulled. then pulled, but it's very close. Like when I was trying to count it's it in my head. It's all continuous action. It yeah, like when, to me, when I'm trying to count it in my head, it's it's super. It, it's so close that you cannot, I think, say the guy was 100 percent wrong. I, he's out there. He doesn't have a timer to tell him. You know, if he's just counting his head. And also, it looked like Trator sort of had an underhook, sort of knee tap. So I could definitely see someone thinking that's a takedown. When I watched it live, I thought it was a takedown. We got a good comment in the live chat as well here from, uh, I think, a top fan, Will Safford. Oh, uh, yes, he achieved <laughs> that ranking. <laughs> but, you know, he makes a good point of saying that they actually robbed the fans of some potentially great fights as well. And I think that's a really good point, is that, you know, those were two bronze medal matches that could have been really, really good, right? Yeah, Vinny versus Hulk would have been great. Cyborg, Cyborg versus Bouchesha. Yeah, I mean, go out there and give the fans what they want. They paid for the tickets. You know, everybody who's watching the stream at home, I mean, to just like you said, it's like I'm take I'm mad about the result. I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. Right, basically. Yeah. Well, it was a, it was a shame that it played out that way, and I really I really hope that you know. And we get to see those matches. As yeah, you know, and I, I you know everybody's got their own um, opinions on on how those matches went and who sh- who should have won. You know, and and but I mean, I think it's just like they got to give it to somebody. You know, and somebody's gonna be mad, and it's unfortunate that that you know. You know, if it went the other way, maybe some other people would have been mad that that uh, it went the other way. You know, but I just think that they got to give it to somebody, and um, you know, well, it's all subjective too. Yeah, I mean, if it goes if it goes to a ref's decision, it's subjective. Is there is there really this bias? Is there really a lot? If it know, goes the other way, the other team's going to be upset about exactly, it. Exactly. If they yeah. don't call that a takedown, Alliance is going to be upset about it. it right. If they give. The ref's decision to Cyborg, you know, the Henzo guys are going to say they should have thought I, Nick won. I, I'm really impressed with the judges of ADCC, the refs of ADCC. I think they take their job very seriously. I think yes, they, they do. They take right? their jobs. That's why they don't mingle too much with the athletes and stuff like that. They want to be as, you know, as unbiased and as down the middle as they possibly can be. Well, maybe a factor as well is, uh, sorry, maybe a factor as well is that people are so accustomed well, oh, sorry, so unaccustomed to competing under ADCC rules because it's only every two years, even with all that experience. But ADCC rules are kind of very, very unique. They're mm. very different to any other yeah, grappling The rules event. literally change halfway through the match. It's great. <laughs> they yeah. do. It really, really throws people off. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe these guys, they think they know what ADCC rules are, but actually they don't. 
Yeah, um, I think even Keenan weighed on this issue on his Instagram at one point. I was looking at his stories, and he said, like, the athletes, they move around, and, and they, they compete in different organizations, and they compete more than sometimes even uh, in IBJJF events and IBJJF refs ref. But ADCC refs only ref ADCC. That's their bread and butter. That's the rule set. That's their expertise. And these athletes show up every two years. So mm-hmm. on the era of cri- or the argument of criteria, you might want to go with a guy that's all he knows. Yeah, and that's true. That's that's all these guys do. They do. All, they travel to every trials. You know, in in Asia, in uh, you, you know um, South Europe, America, South America, Europe, everywhere. You know, this, these guys. You're, you're totally right. They they. Nobody knows it better than than those guys. Something I think you can't complain about either if you're going to go to ADCC is the action going under the concrete. You got to be ready until they stop you. You got to be ready because we saw there. There's no set place where they're going to stop it. They yeah. just make a judgment call. They're going to let yeah. it keep going if they think this is important. And, and again, that's something unique to ADCC. You don't see any other grappling tournament where guys will roll out of bounds and they let you go. It's if, if a submission is still active, is still in play, or even and like a wrestling off. scramble. You don't yeah, really either. know. Kind yeah. of took the back. They were wrestling on the yeah. concrete and then kind of got the back of Yuri all the way out on the concrete. I yeah. know. They took out my table in the process. <laughs> <laughs> it is so. a bit insane. Don't get me wrong, but it's it's obvious. It's, it's, it's known. It's you, well known. Exactly. No excuse for not knowing. When Kynan set up his back take against Nick, he got the body lock to get behind him. They were on the concrete there too. So Kynan played that game well this week. There you go. Yeah, that table, man. God, I'm th- I, we must have had reinforced tables Yours was or the worst one because yeah. Hulk and Gaudio came crashing into you too. I thought we were literally a WWE moment right there. <laughs> like they, but you know, it's funny that some guys as well, maybe they were prepared for it because uh, they just jumped straight back up and were like, straight back in the middle good to go where other guys yeah yeah, Yeah. where other guys you know they did hit the table and they were like it really threw them off mentally mentally physically you know that concrete hard probably does that to you (laughs) 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 although i did see mateus gabriel jump for a flying arm bar on the concrete on the concrete land straight on his back on the concrete and pop up like he just jumped on a trampoline and and then run back to the center and i was like okay yeah it's saying actually here that spriggs and ali uh, owe us a tv that's correct they did actually destroy they, they broke the TV. TV. They did, oh, yeah. Wow. We had to switch it out mid, mid, midway through the match. That was insane. So. You would have never guessed that those know guys were on the same team. Yeah. Well, that's an interesting thing that yeah. they did for the first time at ADCC this year was they allowed two teammates to uh, enter the absolute, whereas usually it's just one per team. And they did the same criteria where you had to come in and you had to meet second round if, if you had two teammates. You know, they had to face off. And we actually saw Gordon versus Gary, mm. and we saw uh, Spriggs versus Ali. And Spriggs versus Ali was one of the most entertaining matches of the tournament yeah, as well. Yeah, really Insane. Yeah. They're going all over the place. Yeah. yeah. I know those guys kill each other in training every day. If that's what their training looked like, could we just stream that yeah. 24-7, please? Because <laughs> yeah. that was incredible. Another thing that uh, the rule set, that, that, that brings it up, is shout-out to ADCC for setting it up where there cannot possibly be any, be any closeouts. Mm. Making teammates fight early makes it such Love a better it. tournament. I mean, there's no secret. We all, we all hate closeouts. I mean, they ruin uh, events sometimes. Yeah. Well, I want to know who the best is. One big story that we didn't touch on as well, I think we have to mention, is the fact that Gabby Garcia made mm. history this weekend by Fourth becoming timer. the first ever woman to win Four ADCC gold medals, tying Marcelo Garcia's all-time record of most ADCC golds. That's incredible, right? Yeah, they both did it. Weight class only too. They both did yeah. it without being able to win two in one year. And, right? Uh, yeah, she's gonna. I mean, she says she's coming back to get five. She <laughs> most likely. I don't see anybody beating her. I think she's gonna be. The only five we didn't, get, we didn't get to see Tiani, uh, Tiani versus. Um, we didn't. Tiani Gabby. took bronze, That's, right? She lost to Karina Santi in the Karina semi. Santi. Karina looked great. Karina uh, beat Nachieli, I think, eight zero in the first round, and then beat Tiani. That's Nick. no small still like thing. Still like to see, right? still like to see that, that Tiani versus Gabby. Yeah, let's run nah, that one on. That's the one match we were yeah. really hoping to see. I want to see that right? forever, gi or no gi. Yeah, I want to see that one. It's definitely yeah. a, a tougher tournament than 2017 for Gabby too. You know, her first two matches both went to 15 minute. Uh, overtime. I was surprised by that. The first one about the Stephanie Egger from yeah, yeah. Switzerland. Egger, yeah. so that one tough. surprised me. Yeah. Yeah. Very that tough. Sick, yeah. like arm spin. Mm. It yeah. almost that almost threw her. That yeah. was sick. The, cr- the crowd popped super big for that. But Gabby definitely just dominated in that uh, final, got on top and hit the commercial finish. And, uh, Against Karina. Karina, Karina. Karina was in a sling, too. How many people did you see at the end of this tournament walk <laughs> around with their arm in a sling or, or on crutches, crutches yeah. or like their faces peeling off? Not like Lachlan Terminator. Giles. Yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> Lachlan, Lachlan, yeah. Lachlan Giles is all smiles. Lach- Lachlan Giles floated out of that arena. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, my word. Well, guys, I think that's a great place to wrap it up. That was a fantastic fantastic tournament there's so much good stuff to unpack from it I'm sure we'll be talking about it still for weeks and months to come Can't and it's wait. yeah there's so so like the shockwaves are still reverberating through the world of grappling and I think it's um, 
yeah, we're still going to be digesting this for a long time. Can't this... wait for the next one, boys. Right? Twenty twenty one is going to be wild. Let's go. Oh, I really hope you live up to that promise of making <laughs> it even bigger than this one. That would be incredible. Guys, thanks very much for tuning in. It's been a pleasure, and we'll see you next week.